Hey, my friends, thank you for joining me for tonight's Midweek Moment. I'm excited about teaching tonight. I want to encourage you to share tonight's moment. Uh, hit the share button. Let's get as many people connected and online as we can. I appreciate many of the comments that people have been making about the teachings. Uh, always good to hear from you. And uh, again, make sure you share tonight. Also want to remind you that this Sunday, first Sunday in May, is our Fire Bible Sunday. Fire Bibles are Bibles that we help uh, translate and print and distribute in different dialects, different languages around the world. And this year's project is the Quechua language, which is spoken in uh, parts of Peru and other parts of South America. And uh, we are looking forward to being able to partner with Life Publishers for this project. So if you're interested in giving this Sunday uh, to the Fire Bible Project, you can do that here in church on Sunday morning, or you can do it online. There'll be different ways for you to participate in this important project. But tonight we're gonna talk about family misunderstandings. Have you ever had a family misunderstanding? Ever had a situation with a family member where they didn't understand where you were coming from? They didn't understand your position? They didn't understand what you were saying, or maybe that's the way you felt about them. Well, we're going to talk about that tonight because Jesus had some family misunderstandings. Chapter 7, where we're going to start tonight, introduces what's called the period of conflict in the life and ministry of Jesus. Uh, this is maybe six months after he fed the multitude. Uh, six months after he said that he was the bread of life. And you remember that was a controversial statement that he made. In fact, last week we left off in John 6:66, and I want to read that again just to remind you. It tells us as a result of this, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. In other words, when he challenged them that, hey, you just want me to take care of the physical needs in your life. You like the fact that I give you natural bread or that I perform miracles but I want you to receive me as the bread of life. They resisted and were told that they walked away and followed him no more. Now let's pick it up in chapter seven, verse number one. After these things, Jesus was walking in Galilee for he was unwilling to walk in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. When you think of Israel, I want you to think of it in three sections. When you think about the Northern section, this is Galilee. And then you think about the central section, this is Samaria. And then the southern section of Israel would be called Judea, or that's where Jerusalem was, the metropolis, kind of the religious hub. And Jesus had great favor in Samaria. He had a tremendously popular ministry in Samaria and Galilee. But he knew that the, the Jews, uh, particularly the religious leaders were pushing back on him. And he knew that if he went to Judea, it could cost him his life at this particular time. And so Jesus avoided Judea. Pick it up in verse number two, John 7, two. Now the feast of the Jews, the feast of booths was near. Therefore his brother said to him, leave here and go to Judea so that your disciples may also see the works which you are doing. For no one does anything in secret when he himself seeks to be known publicly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. So we're told here that it's the time of the Feast of the Tabernacles, which was a seven-day feast in October. And his brothers uh, kind of came to him, kind of as a, I like to call it a self-appointed political action committee, trying to give him some advice on how he could be more popular. 
how he could, uh, you know, advance his popularity in, uh, in Israel. Here's the problem. They didn't understand Jesus. Here's what they said to him, and this proves they don't understand. They said, first of all, you need a larger arena. You've been talking to people in Galilee and Samaria. Why stay here in the sticks? Why stay here in these small areas? You need to go down to Judea. That's where Jerusalem is. That's the capital. That's the heart of the country. You need a bigger arena to do your thing. Number two, he said, they were basically saying, your disciples in Judea need to see you again. Uh, their faith needs to be stimulated. Their faith needs to be strengthened and built up. And the miracles that you're doing up here, you need to do down there because that will help them. Thirdly, they suggested that he had a bad strategy. And that's really what they were saying, that you have a bad strategy. You need a better game plan. Man, you're wasting your time up here in the country. No man, this is what they said, no man works in secret if he seeks to be known openly or publicly. So, hey, if you want to be recognized, then you've got to move into the open. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta put this thing on blast. You gotta, you gotta really blow up your ministry here. You're wasting your time, you're wasting your gifts, you're wasting your talents ministering in obscure areas like Galilee. Now, it's easy for us to read this and think, how, how dare they? Who do they think they are coming on to Jesus like that? But if you stop and think about it, we, we do the same thing. We say things like, God, I don't like what's going on here, or I don't like what you're doing, or, or I think you should answer my prayer this way, or I don't like your plan in my life, or if this is your plan, I'm not comfortable with your plan. I want you to come over here and bless me. I, don't, I, I want you to bless me in this area of my life. So if you think about it, we do the same thing. Oftentimes we tell the Lord, we don't like your game plan. We think you ought to do it this way and not that way. Now here's the root problem, okay? Here's the root problem why they didn't understand him, because they didn't believe in Jesus. They didn't believe in him, and we are told that in chapter seven, verse number five, for not even his brothers were believing in him. So here's an important truth that we can't afford to miss. When it comes to unbelief, there is a difference between doubt and unbelief. When we have doubt, doubt means that we have faith, but we're questioning in our, in our faith. Uh, when we have doubt, that means that our faith is wavering. But when there's unbelief present, that means there's an absence of faith. Doubt is the misappropriation or the wavering of faith. Unbelief is the total lack of faith. So his brothers didn't believe in him. Mary, his mother, believed in him, but the brothers didn't believe in him. They didn't believe who he claimed he was. Oh, they knew he was different but they didn't believe in him as Messiah. Pick it up in uh, verse number four of Mark chapter six. Here's what it says. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except, except in his own hometown and among his own relatives and in his own household. That says it all. Jesus said, hey, prophets aren't accepted oftentimes in their hometown and it's their very family, it's their loved ones who don't believe in them, who don't embrace them, who don't support them. Now, I'm sure his brothers would say, well, hey, he, he's our brother and we love him. 
And uh, there's no question about it, he's different. He's got some talents. I mean, he's, he's got some abilities. But Savior of the world? Come on, we don't believe that. But notice Jesus' response in chapter 7, verse number 6. So Jesus said to them, My time is not yet here, but your time is always opportune. In other words, I can't go to Jerusalem now. <clears throat> you can squander your time. You can waste your time. You can do whatever you want to do with your time. But I can't do that. It's not a good time. It's not the Father's time. It's not a divine time for me to go to the feast and announce that I'm the Messiah. I operate on my Father's time schedule. You guys, you do whatever you want with your time. Let me ask you something. Do you ever feel misunderstood by your friends or family? Do you ever feel like they don't understand your faith or they don't have any confidence in you as a follower of Christ? Do you ever feel like people maybe question your commitment to the Lord or why you worship the way that you do or why you use your talents and give them to God or you give your finances to support the work of the ministry? We all feel like that from time to time. We all have those family misunderstandings. Hey, take a deep breath and remember this. Jesus understands you even though your family doesn't. And we know that as long as we're operating on His time uh, schedule and we're operating according to His plan and we're trying to fulfill His will in our life, that He's going to bless us, He's going to favor us, and yes, there's going to be some pushback. There's going to be people that push back on us and don't understand us. And maybe it's even family members. And yes, that's not comfortable, but it's going to happen. Don't be surprised by it. It happened to Jesus. The bottom line is this, keep your eyes on Him and do what He's called you to do and He'll take care of the rest. I appreciate you, my friend. I look forward to seeing you this Sunday in our services. Take care.